and welcome to No Such Thing as a Bad Movie podcast. I'm April Atmansky, and I'm here today with... Justin DeClue! And Colin Cunningham. And uh, it's September now, which means summer is over. Oh, uh, God. I'm pretty much ready for summer to be over because yes. um, I'm hot. <laughs> I know, but it's just been too hot. No, uh, fall is the best season. It is. You can kind of wear jackets. I like jackets. I miss mm. jackets and jeans. Yeah, and but you're jean not going jackets. out anywhere, so it's yeah, still full nudity for the rest of the day. <laughs> we, we can pretend. Well, the weird thing is since uh, because of lockdown, uh, I spent more time outside this summer than I usually do just outside on our back porch so um i've been enjoying the heat but anyway summer is over it's time for winter y'all ready for christmas Um, (laughs) um, i was hoping for scary movies which this film is (laughs) oh god is it really no we're skipping right over the halloween season we're going christmas new year's today we are discussing winter's tale not a winter's tale uh, no eric romare's a winter's tale the classic french new way wait no that's not what we're talking about yeah, it's confusing because it's a very common title. Oh, is it really? Yeah, hmm. I think there's like a, two there's a Shakespeare other play, isn't there? called A Winter's Tale. Oh my God. I'm not sure. Uh, anyway. Wait, did I watch the right one? <laughs> I sure hope so. <laughs> oh no. So this is a, we've never done a romance movie before. Not uh. even a romantic comedy. So this is my job is to pick movies that you guys would never pick. Mm. Um, because you know what? We have a wider audience than you think that might be interested in a romance <laughs> starring Colin Farrell and an evil Irish Russell Crowe. Yeah, yeah. the penguin himself, Colin Farrell. <laughs> oh, God. That's who he's playing in the new Batman movie. Recently yeah, know, shut I down saw- because of COVID. That's uh, right. Yeah, Robert Pattinson. Oh, I hope uh, he recovers. Yeah. Did you see this when it, when it came out? Were you like, yeah, Colin no, Farrell, love it. I nope. didn't even know about it when it came out. The reason I know knew about it was because, like, but when it was like on video or whatever, like when it had just come out, um, bigger bad movie podcasts were talking about it. Mm-hmm. So I watched it on Netflix and I thought it was hilarious. But other than that, um, I really would have had no reason to watch this movie unless I got dragged. <laughs> to see it with like an older relative or something i don't know anything about it and i kept thinking it was a christmas movie for some reason it's actually not i know (laughs) neither of you are kiva goldsman completist this is his debut as a director the screenwriter who i have to say may be the most untalented man in hollywood who keeps getting big jobs i look at his filmography it is insane he wrote batman the and client robin. the movie that's not as good as the firm he I also that. wrote uh, uh the two Lost schumacher space, batman movies the dark tower mm-hmm. the, da vinci dark tower code. the da vinci code he's produced and he's like almost as bad as a producer too he produced the uh sequels to paranormal activity deep blue sea oh, starsky I like deep blue and hutch sea. And the uh, the two new Star Trek series, which both have severe problems, Picard and Discovery. Oh, they're terrible. Just My terrible. pal, um, Will Sloan, cracked an anecdote uh, involving Akiva Goldsman just today based on my review, which is Ooh. Joe Dante tells a story that when he made Looney Tunes back in action, he would said that he would have meetings where they brought in Warner Brothers, a Academy Award winning screenwriter to do rewrites <laughs> on the film. And the Academy Awards reading, winning screenwriter had no idea like what the property entailed. And he would ask questions like, does Bugs Bunny have to say what's up, Doc? What does that oh even mean? Oh, no. And that was probably Akiva Goldsman because he had just won for A Beautiful Mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's so weird. Yeah, I was just looking at his IMDb thing, and other than that Oscar win, what did he act after that? It was like Cinderella Man or something. Ugh, yeah, awful. he did Cinderella yeah. Man. I feel like he he was pulling in all of his favors in this movie with the uh, cast. It, like, you does know, he have got... blackmail information on them? What I love about know. Akiva Goldsman is they were going to make a Dark Tower movie, and Ugh. he wrote a script, and everybody was like, it is so bad, it doesn't <laughs> understand the property at all, terrible. And that script lasted for 10 years, and then it, they shot it, and then it came out, and they were like, this is so bad, it doesn't understand the property at all. Yeah, I tried, I, like, 10 minutes into it on an airplane, and I was like, nope. The thing is, like... Are any of these movies that we've mentioned huge financial failures? No, that's the thing. That's why he keeps getting hired. 
Yeah. So they, the I thing. think that, that, that the people who are hiring him like, well, you know, critics might not like his movies, but you know what? Look at the box office results. Well, you know what? He was put in charge of the Transformers franchise. I don't know if you guys remember this. They like made a writer's room. There's going to be like five Transformers film a year. Oh, and yeah, the Michael Bay right. one tank what? and Bumblebee didn't do as well as they wanted it to. And then they shut it all down. So he's been yeah. given the hands to so many like yeah, well-known well, properties. So he mm. took over that the Transformers property from two of the other most Ugh. untalented Ethan Kroger. <laughs> Kurtzman and Orsi, who are absolutely fucking terrible. Oh, Everything you're forget- they do. You're forgetting that Ethan Kroger, I think that's his name, isn't it? The guy oh, who yeah. wrote like uh The Brothers Grimm, Scream Three. Uh he just wrote so many terrible films. He wrote some Transformers movies as well. Oh, God. Well, needless to say, the Transformers movies are not good. Um, but clearly, Akiva <laughs> Goldsman has experience adapting novels. So <laughs> that's why he did this one. A book <sighs> that has been cited as being unadaptable. Well, that's that's what Martin Scorsese said. He, uh, said, he yes. said it was unfilmable because they went after him first for director. When? Hmm. Like when this was made or like years before? Because it came out, the book came out in the 80s, right? Uh, 83, I think. Yeah. And Spielberg bought the rights. I think he he wanted to do it mm. and after watching this movie you know and i looked uh, looked it up and was like oh god spielberg wanted to do this better or worse i don't know i think better oh I definitely better i mean Even though, you know I, I don't want to jump in too much but like <laughs> the direction of this film is so boring every performance yeah. is so uncommitted if steven spielberg had made this in 93 there would have maybe been like some magic on screen Wow. Oh, there's magic on screen. Yeah. Well, yeah. The <laughs> shit CGI it. in the world. I'm just thinking it would have played. To, surely it would have been directed better, yes, but I just it would just be playing to all of his schmaltzy sort of. Yeah. Have you ever seen a more bored Colin Farrell on screen than in this movie? <laughs> the thing is. It feels like there's um, a gun off screen and they're like, all the actors Colin, are like that. Say the lines. Yeah. Like Jennifer Connelly oh, looks well, like oh, she's God. doing hey, someone a favor by being in this movie. We have 90 minutes before we get to Jennifer Connelly. <laughs> Colin. I know. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. I've never seen such a late introduction of, you know, an Oscar-winning actress. And then, like, like remember, wait. like, the henchman who got shot who was just like, oh, I guess they got away. Like, I thought that there was, like, a joke or something that he was acting so disinterested. So and then he, he gets shot. <laughs> we got to start this movie. It starts in ye oldie times when the parents of... Um, Colin Farrell, Colin Farrell, who is a baby, uh, get turned away from Ellis Island because Bart Simpson yelled, we're all full from the top of the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> yeah. And his parents decide to drop the baby in the tiniest boat and just let it go in the harbor. Yeah. So, OK, well, they're sent back in a boat. So they're on <laughs> yeah. a boat as they do this. And they put the baby in a model of the boat that they're on. A very know? tiny boat. That's you know, a baby-sized boat. Yeah, ships usually have. You know, so that boat kind of, would definitely like keel over, and that baby would drown. Like it would sink in two seconds, seconds after they dropped it off. Oh, instantly! Yeah, there's a very bad uh, green screenshot of them lowering the baby into the water, and then the baby kind of drifts towards shore. We don't even see that. I it guess. just like cuts to time jump because there's yeah, this Colin movie, Farrell being chased by a yeah, mumbly Russell Crowe this movie actually starts in present day 2014 oh, I forgot about that and then yeah. it right. jumps back to the Ellis Island thing yeah so where Colin like, Farrell oh. like stumbled into a wig factory I assume and landed on <laughs> and a then, wig yeah. and, then, <laughs> and it also rips off Hugo because he lives in Grand Central Station yeah. and he goes <laughs> up there and it's like the exact like little nook that Hugo lived in <laughs> speaking of Martin Sorsese although I only saw Hugo in theaters so I don't remember it like a Ton. I would like mm-hmm. if the camera just like panned over and you see them shooting Hugo off <laughs> in 3D. Uh, I'm sure this movie was probably released in 3D in theaters at the oh, time God. that it came out. Uh, so yeah, so after that, the little baby that was dropped off grows up to be Colin Farrell, Farrell Tigerland's own bullseye himself. <laughs> now, can you grow up in like um, the the Irish district of New York and then grow up to have an Irish accent? That was my first question. Is that how yes. it works? Okay. I mean, he so. was raised by the most Irish man we know, Russell Green. <laughs> well, I like this time. Like as we describe this movie, you're going to be hearing a lot of insane things, and, and you're going to be like, why... "Oh man, this sounds so much fun!" No, imagine these insane things presented in the most disconnected, lukewarm yeah. way. But I, I, I found all these insane things enjoyable, which is why I like this movie. I think it's good and it's 
funny and a it's a it's a bad movie and it's enjoyably bad. I but just it, I was it, kind of bored it, except yeah, for when yeah. Big Willie shows up and we'll get to that. Yeah. He's also like barely in it, but the, <laughs> yeah. like I don't want to. I can't help but like I don't want to like turn it this into like cinema sins and be like, how could this happen? How could this happen? Because no. you could literally do that ten times per scene because there's so many things that make no sense and maybe it's this is so why nonsensical. It read better. I don't this, know. This story is complete I, it, nonsense. It is nonsense. <laughs> Every time like a big like fantastical thing happens on screen, like it feels like the filmmakers are like, eh, whatever. Who cares? Well, also the act the actors never really react yeah. like they're seeing something fantastical. Yeah, you see like a magical horse is introduced very quickly in it's the movie like the by the way. It's the first scene practically. That flies off on these like magical light Translucent wings. <laughs> nobody wings. nobody even reacts like they're seeing anything amazing or magical. It's just like, meh. Well, because he's being chased by Russell Crowe and his gang of thugs yeah. and the it's because well, they were raised by Russell he, uh, yeah. Colin Farrell was raised by Russell Crowe. It's yeah. pretty obvious that Russell Crowe is like a demon and maybe you don't really find <laughs> yeah. out until you, just you don't know Russell that Crow, at all you know he's a phone throwing demon but like <laughs> do his boys know that he's a demon yes they do because so, uh, everyone's funny man Kevin Corrigan at one point goes up to him and he's <laughs> like hey there's about. been a lot of miracles going on around here <laughs> okay yeah, so they're all demons too okay so that's why they're not surprised by the flying horse or are they all demons no because Russell Crowe no he kills them that's right okay <laughs> no, but so, they know he's a demon because at one point I don't know. Did you guys turn the subtitles on? Why no. Russell Crowe gets so angry when he doesn't get the food that he wants? Oh, God, in the restaurant? Well, we'll get to the, yeah, we'll the get to fantastic that. oyster eating scene. Oh, is it oysters? Okay. Um, but there's also, like, so many magical people in this movie. There's Was it Graham Greene? Was that his name? Yeah. yeah. Is there's he magical him? in this? Is he? No, he's just normal. He's He gives the well, most, like, he just in tune performance with his material where he's like, oh, yeah, I guess this could happen. <laughs> yeah, and then there's the stable, the stable guy. The stable guy, also an angel, I guess. I yeah, guess the magical black man, Bagger Vance himself. Yeah, yeah that trope again. Well, I mean, Bagger yeah. Vance appears later. The real Bagger Vance, but <laughs> the everyone is immortal in this movie. <laughs> yeah, for, for no Which, reason. Not but it's everyone. never really like quantified. Like immortality just suddenly happens, and you're like, uh, okay, I guess. Well, we're yeah. introduced to, to uh, Colin Farrell. There is no hint that he has magical abilities or he is any kind of magical being and he's just a thief he's just a thief uh with a peaky blinders haircut like he keeps saying, saying i'm a great thief but the film never shows us him nope. doing any of that stuff it's true no nope. he tries to pick a safe at one point but we don't even see him open it he's interrupted and uh it's and then all of a sudden like halfway through the movie uh, he's immortal for some reason. Yes, never well, explained. Is he an angel? Later, Did I miss that? Do we? Yeah, I, I can't. Do you want me to tell you why now? It's no, really. let, let, let's, let's get, get there. to it. Let's get to it. So, um, Russell Crowe really wants to kill Colin Farrell for reasons. Uh, Colin Farrell wants to leave the gang. Yes, that's but right. It's like it happened nobody before leaves the, the gang. Yeah, you can't you know, just quit the game. It happened before the movie starts, though, which is really annoying because it's like. I feel it's start. We're introduced to these two with Russell Crowe chasing Colin Farrell. So it's like, I feel like we're coming halfway through a scene. Not even mm. halfway through. It's the end of the chase. Yeah, exactly. It's Colin Farrell escape. So yeah, we didn't see Colin Farrell grow up. So we don't know what kind of relationship he has with Russell Crowe or, yeah. you know, why Russell Crowe would be hurt by him leaving the gang or like Colin Farrell has no exterior life in this movie. No, no, we no. don't know it's, what's it's, going on. Yeah, it's there. literally just only what you see on screen. So uh, Colin Farrell runs across a hole. And the horse is like, jump on me, Colin Farrell. <laughs> Pretty much. I was doing that voice too. I was going, what, what did you say that the horse did? It, oh, you like kind bows. of genuflected or something. Genuflect is a new <laughs> word that I learned. What does it mean? It bows. Uh, no, he just sort of like goes down on one knee, like uh, respectfully, when he sees Colin Farrell. Jump and on. Colin Farrell yeah, he goes, jump on. <laughs> And uh, Colin Farrell has a knife and the horse doesn't want anything to do with him and he throws the knife down. It's kind of applied that he kills a guy at this point. He cuts his throat. Oh, Colin Farrell kills people throughout this movie, but yeah. they were attacking him first. It, so it's very it's weird. Okay. So all these Irish, yeah, but they're only they're Irish. People. <laughs> yeah, they're only the Irish. <laughs> they're the Irish. I can say that. I'm half Irish. Um, so yeah, and then he gets on this horse and then tries to escape and the horse jumps over everybody and flies away. It's got these sort of like glowing wings yeah it's like farting and it's like propelling it up into the air yeah and russell crowe just i think he just says like 
oh, he's got the horse or something like that. Yeah, I guess maybe he <laughs> knew about horse. this horse. Ah, he's got the horse. Yeah. He doesn't even have a cool name. It's just horse. Oh, yeah. horse. Horse. I was wondering where you were, horse. horse. Russell Crowe's accent in this movie <laughs> oh, is... Beautiful. I think his best Irish accent since Robin Hood. <laughs> yes. Wait, Whoa. what nationality is Russell Crowe? He's from New Zealand, but he grew up wait, in Australia. He? He's from New Zealand? Yeah, no, wait, where Kiwi. did he grow up? He grew up Australia. Oh, Australia. Okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They're basically the same thing, right? Like that episode of um, uh, Flight of the Concords. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, He has more of an Australian accent, I think. Mm. Uh, I think. Sure. I don't know. Who can, who can tell? <laughs> who cares? Difference? All right, guys, we're still stuck in like the second scene of the movie. Uh, we're 20 minutes into this podcast. We need to introduce our female love interest who plays a really big role in this movie. So, Are you okay, um, April? You're about to fall asleep as you're describing this? Yeah, well, so this lady, whose name I have no, I can't even remember. Jessica Brown Findlay. Uh, yes. That's the actress, and I have never seen her in anything. So she's famous because she was in Downton Abbey. Right. Um, she was the, the youngest daughter, and um, much like, um, who was the guy who's in The Guest? Um, Dan, uh, Dan, Dan Stevens. Stevens. So much like well, Dan oh, Stevens. Oh, just like Dan Stevens, she also got a chin implant? Oh, well, what? maybe, really? but no, I was going to say she <laughs> you, you she that, had Colin? her character killed off on um, oh. Downton Abbey, presumably because she wanted to do movies, and this is what she did. I don't know if that timeline is necessarily it's, accurate. I looked her up on IMDb. I've never heard of anything she she's She hasn't done. done much since And this. she's pretty good in this. She was, so, she was good in Downton Abbey. Yeah. She's fine. She's, you know, a very... Kind of she proper... plays a woman who is suffering from consumption. Yeah, so consumption. just <laughs> we're introduced to her. So she's the daughter of William Hurt. William Hurt is in this movie. Yeah, I think he shows up for only like one scene or two. No, he? no, he's in a few scenes. He's in a lot, but he doesn't really leave much of an impression. Oh, uh, I just there's a scene where he interviews Colin Farrell. That's all I remember. Yeah, and then the boiler in the house. Which we'll oh get yeah, to. the boiler. That's so right. We're introduced to him here. He's like a rich. Uh, I think he's like a publisher or something like that. And uh, so a man shows up to the house to, I don't know, give her reading glasses, make reading glasses for her. An optometrist, I guess. Yeah. She's upstairs playing on her piano vigorously. <laughs> yes. And uh, so it's revealed that she's got consumption, which is tuberculosis. Uh, she never coughs into never. a handkerchief. She has no symptoms. Blood in it. How well, are we supposed to know she has consumption? I don't know what the symptoms of consumption are, but in the movie, the, it's explained <laughs> that all that she has is a fever that won't go down. Which doesn't Sorry. seem to affect her physically at all. And all I'm thinking of yeah. is like, you know who had tuberculosis? Doc Holliday. Val yeah. Kilmer in Tombstone. He looked and like he was Kevin about to McGee die. in Obtuse Todd. <laughs> In what? Oh. Did you guys see that movie of two stars? I did. Matt Farley film. No, literally, yeah. no one who's listening to and this knows. What no, no one has. And Kevin about. McGee is dying of consumption. Oh yeah. Well, you can't get. Well, okay. Maybe I'm not a diseaseologist, but <laughs> I thought that she had like is that a word? Scarlet <laughs> fever. See, if they wanted to make this movie even dumber, just say I have scarlet fever. At, just because fever. That's all we need to know. Yeah, you know? but it didn't even look like you know she was never sweating. She was never uncomfortable. Uh, it's called like uh, pulmonary. Uh, I can't say pulmonary. the word. Pulmonary. Uh, yeah, I can't. Why can't I say these words? Tuberculosis. Pulmonary tuberculosis, which is, yes. funnily enough, what Colin Farrell's <laughs> parents had and why they're sent away from Ellis Island at the very beginning. Oh, of the is that why they got sent away? Yeah, the doctor writes P on his back in chalk and says pulmonary. Oh, mm. but see, that wasn't even clear enough to me, and this no. is the third time I've seen this movie. Yeah, so she she <laughs> never, ever appears sick or sickly in this movie whatsoever. She always looks beautiful. She's always under, like, hanging drapes. Yeah. And yeah. like uh, wearing yeah. nightgowns. It's implied piano. that she Yeah, it's implied that she has a fever, so she lives on a tent on the roof of their house in the cold. Uh so she doesn't get overheated. Well what's she supposed to do in the summer? I don't know. Because she says that like, oh, I was told I had five months to live and that was six months ago. So that was presumably summer in Yeah. Wait, where are they? New uh, York. New York. Right. So and you'd think that, like, you know, hot. playing the piano as crazily as she does, that you raise her heartbeat. And yeah, she's moving all over the place. Oh, she's, she's yeah, she's like insane. screaming Jay Hawkins. She's like, yeah. 
Uh, so Colin Farrell decides to rob her house. Well, it, um, because, the horse tells him. Yeah, to it's rob actually the, house. the horse's idea. <laughs> yeah, burn the mob. It's Colin. all the horse's idea. Kill the mob. While she's home alone. <laughs> well, there's there's a shot of Colin Farrell just coming from a robbery and loading up the horse with stuff that he stole. It's in broad daylight, by yeah. the way. Again, a robbery we don't even get to see. <laughs> no, right across from uh, uh, this house, and then I think William Hurt and the younger daughter go out of the house. They going up to the country house for yeah. the weekend and, and then she's the horse kind of nudges Colin Farrell like one more score <laughs> yeah. horse don't we have enough we'll never have enough <laughs> exactly but really the horse wants him to meet his soulmate I guess so then uh, she she is feverish so we're told she puts her hand on the mirror and you can see it fog up so she needs to take a cold bath immediately so she doesn't die and as she's running to they have this like amazing bathhouse on top of the roof it's incredible it's a pretty sweet house um but yeah i guess that's why she doesn't hear him come in and then you see a grappling hook come up onto yeah the roof. it's really stupid he's like batman um, i mean william hurt definitely uses like slave labor right oh if he has like this big a house well, hey, it's to what, be assumed. what year is this i think it said 1895 uh that was the beginning this is 1916 1916 okay explains a little bit more about what happens later well, in the movie, but Wait, did you much. think it was modern day April? I thought it was eight, I thought it was still 1800, so I thought it was like, Oh, okay. Wait a minute. So, Colin Farrell baby 1895. Yeah. Colin Farrell now 1917. So he's 21. So he's 20 uh, No, are you kidding me? <laughs> He is like 38 in this movie. No, he is. Yes, he's he is. older than that. Well, isn't he? I was being generous. <laughs> um, so anyway, he uh, busts in and he hears her playing piano, and then um, she's like, "Hi," and and she's like, "Are you robbing the house?" And he's like, "Why, yes, I guess I am." And then she goes, "You want a cup of tea?" And it's literally that. Like yeah. they're so. Like they've taken sleeping pills or something. Yeah, they have a meet cute. On your love interest in this movie. It's the meet cute. Yeah, they're meet cute. So they they talk to them about themselves over a cup of tea, and they both look really disinterested. But apparently, they're already falling in love. Yeah, Mr. Horse is outside going. Bring me the gold, Colin. It's the only thing I want. Now he's rubbing his fingers together like at the beginning of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Well, while this is going on, Russell Crowe is getting very worried. So he goes and sees his boss. Wait, no, 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 that's like 10 scenes. We're not even there yet. What happens is Russell Crowe is in his like hidey hole, which uh, is he's been collecting all these jewels because obviously he wants to steal them for money. But no, he that's not true. He wants to steal jewels because they have magical powers. And he uses light what? reflected. I don't in, remember this. Okay, so remember he th- holds like a ruby or a diamond up against like the moonlight and then it creates like a city. It creates like a hologram. Yeah. yeah but <laughs> yes. like this doesn't have to do anything with no, anything. That, that like, plot, now I remember him creating that hologram, no but yeah. I just forgot it that because plot it never goes plays away. into anything again. It's never again. brought up yeah. again, I think ever. it's just because he wants control of the city or something, but what he really wants is to find Colin Farrell. Why? He's just like, he can't get away. He can't oh, turn he's, good. He's like a son you know it's like the mafia you can't get out yeah or maybe he's afraid he's gonna snitch or something but i don't know anyway so he wants to find colin farrell he can't find him so uh i I gotta bring back those jewels when those jewels are introduced like when the uh uh, glasses guy comes to her house this movie is full of like cgi lens flares Everything yeah. glints and gleams and glitters. After and effects, they look terrible. They're just like this After Effects plugin. Um, yeah, it's the same. It's the same uh, VFX. Uh, what do you call it? Effect. Mm. Um, yeah, over and over again. <laughs> okay, so now we get to the best scene in the movie, which is the oyster eating scene. <laughs> yeah. Um, so um, Russell Crowe and his crew, his crow, <laughs> um, go into this oyster restaurant and they're like, clear that table. And so this uh, is the scene. Uh, isn't it uh, crows when they have a gang? It's a murder, it's a murder. of crows? Oh, true. Yeah. I learned that from that Incubus album. Um, <laughs> called a murder of crows I think. I think or is it called a crow left of center i think that's a different one 
It's like the the, the new metal coming out again. Oh, man. Um, but okay, so Russell Crowe's accent in this movie. I could not understand it. It's a word like it's saying. different in every scene. Yeah. And this scene <laughs> is where it's the worst. And he's 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 like he's talking like this, and then he's watched, uh, I want some oysters with some. Uh, uh, put a little potatoes on it, please. Yeah. No, he, yeah, well, he asks for uh, he asks for an owl with potatoes, but he's like, I have an owl. He starts sounding like Tom Hardy or something. I was so scene. confused of what he asked for. He asked for an owl. He, an owl. He's like butterfly it and um, uh, saute it in butter with some parsley on top. And he goes, and then, and then the and waiter's like, Oh, he, we're, we don't we're have, out of owls, sir. And he's like. Like, he turns into a demon and he stabs him. He looks like a CGI version of like the demons in Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And then he like, uh, so he draws a painting or something. For some reason, he gets at this piece of paper and then he likes painting with the guy's blood. And he paints this horrible. It doesn't even look like anything. It's just it's like a, bl- a blot, big blot of, of blood. Yeah, and he's, like, he's like, I painted. Find me this thing, and he, it's like, find you what? Piece the thing of blood ink, on the table. An ink blot. This ink blot, and he's like, this is Colin Farrell's miracle, or this is what he's after. Yeah. So we um, have to find this person, and it doesn't look like anything. It barely looks like a person, but um, and then I think we go right to. Uh, the scene of one of his boys finding the girl because he had recreated this blood portrait on just a piece of paper. Yeah, a piece of paper. It's really funny, too, where you see them leave the house and the guy's like, wait a minute, and he just pulls out this big rolled piece of paper. Yeah. That's like the blood picture. And it looks yeah. like a much, much better painting yeah. of what it's, it was supposed to be. It's like the police be. sketch artist, like artist's, artist interpretation. Yeah, exactly. I guess. And it's, it looks like it's supposed to be like a red-headed woman from behind and she's reaching her hand up, you know, and yeah. the girl just happens to be closing her door. Jessica Finley or whatever. Uh, his, Beverly is her name. Jessica Beverly. Oh, Beverly. No, Beverly is her um, name. She has red hair, so... Yeah. And yeah. he's like, oh, that must be it. And he just happens to be standing right in front of her when he sees this thing. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot, oh, a lot of coincidences I mean, in this movie. Not Russell Crowe, just a bunch of goons yeah. who I think they give chase, don't they? They do. So uh, Russell Crowe kidnaps her and uh, he's about to stab her or do something well, like... He, he's just like intimidating her. It's it sort of implied, okay, like he wants to prevent uh, Colin Farrell from getting this girl... And I guess it's explained in the next scene why. Yeah, we don't really know why at this point. Okay, so then Colin Farrell, right as she's about to be stabbed, he <laughs> drives by drives by on the horse. He rides by on the horse. <laughs> it was a drive-by horsing. Um, <laughs> and he a grabs her. Of horses. <laughs> he grabs her, and then the horse flies off. Which something. is like the funniest scene ever. <laughs> it's Just so like the, good. the, the well, physics like, of it. They're about to like jump onto like ice water. Yeah, it's like a frozen and, lake. And the horse is like, like whoosh, and just flies in the air. Yeah, kind of jumps down. Um, but again, um, Beverly is not really that surprised. Uh, she's no. what did she say? I think she says, "How is this even happening?" Oh dearie me! <laughs> My the, consumption the trailer, must be acting up. Line. Um, and so they fly, fly slash. Um, trot all gallop all the way to her family's winter country home which was where she was going anyway yeah. it's a, it's like a lakefront mansion basically and she strolls up on this horse with this man and meets her family who's playing on the ice and they don't react at all like this is a weird thing like if you, so if your friend just showed up even if you were like in a park or something and he just showed up on a big white horse you might have questions <laughs> walking across a lake <laughs> ah it was the style at the time it's like oh hello it's bizarre and the little sister like of course loves Colin Farrell immediately and it's like is that your boyfriend it's so <laughs> Um, but trite. William Hurt is much more suspicious, the father of the home, yeah. and he corners Colin Farrell and asks some very sleepy questions. Yeah, they sit down together, but in front of the fireplace, and he kind of interrogates him, like, you know, what are your intentions with my daughter? I'm a thief, 
and I'm a good one too. It's like, well, we haven't seen it. Like, <laughs> we will not see it in this movie. And they have a great conversation about how you pronounce the T and things and whether Claire. it's fillet or um, fillet. You wouldn't call it a wallet or a wallet. And it's just like, oh, God, <laughs> this movie's two hours <laughs> long. Eva Goldsman's dialogue is through the roof. You can tell he was writing that, and then he would just look over at his Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I thought you, like, he looks up and he's like, <laughs> I'm a great writer. Yeah, <laughs> same thing. His Oscar gives him like a thumbs up. His Oscar gleams yeah. with that like full Ding. light flare that we were just talking about. All right. Can we get to finally the best scene of the movie? Yes. Which one? So Russell Crowe, it's revealed oh, in, yeah. the, in the previous scene that Russell Crowe and his gang can't pursue them because they can't leave. He, they need to go. They need a northwestern path or northeastern path. I thought path. it was just Russell Crowe that couldn't leave. Is it I, his cronies too? I don't know. Well, they're not allowed to leave his particular oh, district. We, we, yeah. we skip the scene where Kevin Corrigan, everyone's favorite funny man from Grounded for Life, just gets dispatched with no fanfare. Not, none at all. And he seems like he doesn't even care. It's like they were shooting yeah, for his they got to make a, a way for a new character actor to show up for a single scene <laughs> later we'll get on. get to it. His yeah. grandson shows up later. Um, but uh, so Russell Crowe has to go see the judge. That's his name, right? Yeah. Well, it's Satan. Yeah, he but even he says, calls yeah, him, I'm Satan. He calls him, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Satan. He calls him the judge. And it's um, Will Smith. Uh, reading a history of time, he's like, time has no meaning to me. Yeah, Wearing his street clothes, Will Smith's street clothes. Like from present day. Yeah. Yeah, I think that like Will Smith makes uh, a joke that like time has no meaning to him, which is why you can read books, blah, blah, blah. Or Will Smith just showed up and he was reading a history of time and didn't want to get changed for the scene. Yeah, and he's wearing a Jimi Hendrix t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, so he clearly just didn't want to change and they were just like... <laughs> Hey, maybe it would be cool. Like he's, it's just another thing in this movie that's stupid. Yeah, that just doesn't make sense. Okay, whatever. It's just unexplained. And then Russell Crowe is like, like, please give me a pass, sir. And Will Smith goes and like walks five stairs to like stand over Russell Crowe. His little judge booth. Yeah, no, it's like a little like raised judge booth. Stand podium. Yeah, he kind of denies him. He just says like, you know, grant me a pass so I can go out of my district and chase after Colin Farrell. Blah blah blah. He's denied. Will Smith say he goes denied. No, <laughs> he said and denied. He in a after big Earth CGI too. mouth with a bunch of teeth. Well, what happens is, thank God, Russell. Uh, sorry, Will Smith. I don't know if it's him or his character because Russell Crowe shows him the blood portrait and he's like, he's after this girl, and he's like, that could be anybody. <laughs> it's like, thank you. He's saying what we're all thinking. <laughs> Um, but yeah, his CGI mouth goes down. It looks like the mummy. Um, Do you think that when Will Smith like sat at the premiere and that happened, he was like, what the hell? <laughs> I didn't think it was going to look like that. <laughs> yeah. He just looks over at Akiva and then Akiva is like covering his face. He gives him a Anybody, um, no, Akiva just beaming and he's holding the Oscar in his hands. Yeah. And, like, that CGI glint yeah. is bouncing off of it. It's like uh, Will Smith goes, do you think that was the right decision? And uh, Akiva goes, uh, which one of us has an Oscar here? <laughs> he was like looking like uh, when Ed Wood saw his movie on screen. Yeah. No, Will Smith just looks back and Akiva Goldman's in the last row and he's just making out with his Oscar. Like, <laughs> uh, we should point out uh, that Akiva Goldman has the adapted screenplay Oscar, also known as the Coward's Oscar. <laughs> For what? A Beautiful Mind, a movie that nobody watches now. Oh, I didn't ever. know that was a... Was it based on a biography or something? Yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it's it was based on our real life story. Um, so yeah, he's worked with Russell Crowe before, and Will oh Smith. yeah, and Jennifer. William Collins. Hurt is in. Uh, oh, yeah. oh no, or is that Ed? Uh, I don't <laughs> Ed remember TV? what his last name. Was, was William <laughs> Hurt in Batman and Robin? No, he was not. <laughs> I'm I was sure William Hurt was in something. There's like FBI agents. Wait, who's the old guy in Westworld, Colin? Uh, Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. No, not Anthony Hopkins. The other guy, the uh, black hatted. Uh, oh, West- Ed Harris. Ed Harris. Yeah, I think Ed Harris is the like FBI agent that's following Russell Crowe around in a beautiful mind. Could be William Hurt as well. Oh yeah, that's right. I th- I it's been too long since I've seen that movie. Mm. Um I know that his imaginary friend was he he's in the Marvel He's movies got schizophrenia now. and his imaginary things, but he's he's a genius. Um, well, you know oh, William, yeah. William Hurt last seen in the you know the Avengers as Thunderbolt Ross. He was in the yeah, Avengers that's right. too. <laughs> the Incredible Hulk's uh, Thunderbolt Ross. Man, yes. Who wasn't in the Avengers? Movies? He was in the uh, I think it was was it Age of Ultron or 
Uh, yeah, he was in Civil War because well, he shows up and he wants to do like. Um, oh, whatever right. the we don't need to talk about the Marvel yeah, Universe. Cares? <laughs> it's not important. Yeah, who cares when we're talking about a Winter's Tale? Because we jump, and Colin Farrell is lovable. He's getting along with William Hurt. Oh. Everyone loves him, and he realizes he's in love with this girl he's met one day ago. Yeah. And um, he had a conversation with Graham Greene a day day or two ago about spirit animals, but. He's just like, oh, I feel God. like I've known her my whole life, and he's upset because she's dying. But what are you going to do? Because, and because my name is Colin Farrell, and I have a huge penis, <laughs> I will make love to her to death. No, well, he really just wants to dance. Well, yeah, come on. She wants to dance. That's her thing. She's <laughs> yeah. never been able to. She's never been allowed because William Hurt denies it. We we got to talk about the the most exciting action scene in this entire movie. Not the furnace. Yeah, the furnace scene. Now, Colin, you like tinkering with things. <laughs> Did you find this exciting? It was only like five minutes, but I, I may not even be that long. But it was exciting. Yeah, it's like the I don't know, like one of the servants comes through the house, like, oh, we've got to get out of here. There's trouble in the basement. You're, to be fair, they just say go next door. Yeah, they go go next door, which you know, it's a big mansion. Probably has a huge plot of land. That I could guess be, next that could be door miles could be away. a mile away. <laughs> so oh, okay. the house is gonna blow. Your father's in the basement with the with the furnace men from Lennox Services. It's like a big, big boiler furnace, and uh, it's jammed, and it's going to explode, and it's going to blow up the house, and William Hurt is ready to die yes through this house he's willing to die for it because his it's like his my wife wife my wife built this house and i'm gonna go down with the house and yes. colin farrell's like no and he sends the the boiler furnace man away he's like i'm a tinkerer i love to to fix complex things yeah, or whatever a talent we have not seen at all yet we yeah. haven't seen him do any we haven't seen him do anything other than ride a horse i wonder if he's just like a, a pathological liar yeah, he, he was just bluffing his way. He just that says these things fix. that we never see, and then he, he <laughs> and I would go on to be Donald Trump. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'll the be the president the one deal. day. Um, so yeah, and it's like this house is going to explode. I don't know why William Hurt just won't leave the house or whatever. So Colin Farrell eventually like finds some valve and they they you know unjam it. Uh, everyone is saved, and then William Hurt gives him a huge big hug. And, and he says, like, but doesn't he say, like, I, you're now my new son or something like that? Probably. <laughs> I value property more than anything else, <laughs> and now that you've saved my property, I will accept you into my family. You're my, new, you're my new daughter. Jam my daughter. Unjam my daughter's virginity. <laughs> And, uh, and by does. that I mean kill my daughter, yeah. who is, I assume, the massive penis that Colin Farrell has dangling through between his legs. He, his, so we completely miss his Christmas. Shillelagh, we completely say. miss Christmas, so now it's New Year's, and What's-Her-Face wants to go to the New Year's dance. Yeah, so they have a big ball dance scene, and then it's... I guess Russell Crowe sends one of his cronies. His yeah, but cronies. it's not, I know, cronies. But it turns out it's actually someone who used to be his crony, but is right. now an angel, they say in so many words. Oh, which God. is like, I guess why he's so upset about Colin Farrell. He doesn't want to lose one to his from his side, basically. I guess. Um, because he's like... Oh no, wait. He says to this guy, like, don't you ever miss the wings or something like that? So maybe he oh, who the fuck no. It's really not <laughs> it's really not explained well. So he sneaks into this party as a waiter and puts uh, something in her drink and he call uh Russell Crowe's like this would only kill somebody who has consumption. A regular oh, per God a regular sake. person it would be nothing because it's just supposed to raise her heartbeat. But if you're already excited then, <laughs> by making love with Colin yeah, Farrell. Yeah, and that's what happens. And she, like, disrobes, and she's, like, showing him everything. I feel she's hot. I feel like she's that so would... hot. I feel like Colin Farrell will just like kill her on his own like with, yeah, without the like use that's of what this. i assume like she didn't oh, even drink yeah. that thing colin farrell was like oh she just like it'd be funny if they have a flashback and you see it's colin farrell drinks the champagne instead of her yeah it, it wouldn't yeah yeah he, he basically just bones her to death and she scene. dies so right funny. after 
yeah, they like have sex, they fall back in bed, and she's like, she smiles, and she was gonna be like, yeah, that was pretty good, and then she just dies. She's dead. And I was just picturing the next scene, I started laughing, like Colin Farrell. Do you Farrell, think Colin Farrell's like, one more time, she's still warm? No, I was picturing the next scene, like him having to explain to William Hurt, like, you know, how his daughter died. <laughs> You were dancing. You were doing. You? you were doing what? Yes, dancing. We were dancing. That's it. Her heart. Wait rate. a minute. It's incest. You're my son. <laughs> um. So we cut right to the funeral, and Colin Farrell feels really bad. He's standing. Uh, so sad. He's standing like a mile away. He's looking at them through binoculars. Yeah, and uh, then Russell Crowe chases him again. Yeah, onto a bridge. Yeah, I think that's it, dude. Um, <laughs> Uh, yeah. Oh no, that's not it. We still got forty minutes know, and another main character. We I know. In another timeline, we're ready to leave this timeline. So he's being chased to the bridge by. <laughs> that pe- was April's final words before she passed away. By people- I'm ready to leave this timeline. Yeah. Well, he's being chased by Russell Crowe's gang, who are holding like wrought iron fence posts. Yeah, they're yeah. not even spears. I don't know and so they what surround, that was all about. They surround him and, then, and the horse on the bridge, which is like a obviously a green screen set. Oh, uh, so green screen. Looking. And, you know, he tells the horse to get away, so the horse escapes, it flies away, and then Russell Crowe, instead of killing him, just like, Headbutts he headbutts him. him five times. But it's the <laughs> fakest looking headbutt. He headbutts him five times and then he falls off the bridge. Yeah, Colin Farrell's like, whoa, whoa, oh! <laughs> Russell Crowe like Russell wipes Crow his Russell Crowe is like, ah, I guess that dealt with my problem. That's the end yeah. of Even that. though the movie like cuts a second later, there's Colin Farrell getting out of the water like it was nothing. And he goes right back it- to the cemetery again. Yeah. Yeah, but remember Colin Farrell's like, oh, I lost my memory now. Yeah, which, okay, the reason why this is so stupid is... <laughs> Russell Crowe has spent all the movies so far chasing him. He's using magical ways to find him. He seems to, like, sense him. After Colin Farrell falls in the water and gets back out and loses his memory, Russell Crowe has no idea he's still alive and continues to not know he's still alive for the next hundred years. And I'm <laughs> not joking. What does Colin Farrell do for those hundred years? He wanders around. seemingly nothing. Yeah, it's completely unexplained how he lives. How does he have that beautiful pea coat? Like, uh, he doesn't know who he is for a hundred years. <laughs> Almost a hundred years. At one point, you see him in the present, like, drawing a picture and going, who are you? Has he done that every day? Yeah, he looks like for he's drawing years. the blood portrait. He's pretty much a, a just street artist now, a crazy street artist who draws, like, that same blood portrait on the ground in chalk. Uh, and he does it again and again and has like a, a beautiful brownstone in New York. Yeah, but I think that was someone else's house. No, he walked in there very casually. Yeah, so how does he have this house? Uh, his old coat was in the closet. I guess so, He's a coat yeah. collector. All these coats are worth so much money. The thing is, he doesn't know his own name. He didn't look down and he out. He doesn't have his, ID. His clothes were very nice. He wasn't filthy at all. It's he looks so like Colin Farrell. Stupid. Um, so now if he, has he had been hair. around with a hundred years, no memory, doesn't know anything, just drawing pictures of this red-haired woman, he would smell. He'd look terrible. <laughs> He'd be a crazy man. Um, so I think what supposedly jogs his memory is he meets um, a little girl who is turns out to be Jennifer Connelly's brother daughter <laughs> daughter <laughs> and she she has a conversation with her about stars and you know she bumps oh, into that's him that's Castor and Pollux because they reminded him of a conversation also had. <laughs> I have cancer a modern day disease <laughs> it's the modern day nope. consumption but first of all she bumps into Colin Farrell the this child wait isn't there like a CGI flash that happens oh probably yeah and then um so they were having a conversation and jennifer connelly sees her talking to colin farrell and just sort of stands at the side watching them speak you would be pulling your daughter away from colin farrell like do not talk to this crazy person in park um but she doesn't and so this is when colin farrell goes back to his hidey hole in grand central station his stuff is still there he had a little keepsake box and then Colin, you were in the bathroom, but um, (laughs) he finds his old mirror and then he writes in the mirror his name up to this point, which we haven't mentioned, Peter Lake. 
Right. I'm assuming his name is Lake because he was pulled out of a lake when he was a baby. Oh. Um, and then but by his Peter. Again. I mean, it should have been called Peter Harbor, if anything. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, but yeah, so he now knows who he is, but now he has to figure out what the significance is of this matchbook that he has, which was taken from the New Year's party with... Beverly. Right, okay. So, uh, so now the movie's about this now. It's got a picture of their old house or something. Oh, like does the, it? The lakefront I can't mansion. remember what it's called, but it's the place where he was. Something like that. So he shows up at the... He, does he get back his Peaky Blinders haircut at this point? Yes. Yeah, okay. So. <laughs> I think the long hair looked better. His his hair in this movie is so floppy. And if you don't know what the Peaky Blinders haircut is, just Google it. It's shaved on the side. It's shaved all around the side and the back. Yeah, it's the almost back like, too. It's almost like Mo from the Three Stooges. It's mushroomy. <laughs> Except parted in the middle. And his hair is so floppy. And it gets even floppier in 2014 when it's just all long. Yeah. It's the style, Colin. You had long hair. Yeah. So he goes back to his Peaky Blinders haircut and then goes to, I don't know. The library. No, doesn't he just go to Jennifer Connelly's work? No, it's actually like a reference library or something because she just happens to be there because she's a <laughs> uh, um, a reporter. Right. She's a journalist. And okay. so he's like, I need to get to, what's those things called? It's like the microfiche. microfiche. And so he's looking for who owned a building, blah, blah, blah. But then he needs Can't ID. The guy, And then Jennifer Connelly recognizes him and is like, oh, I can get in here. You know, I'm a journalist. We and get free access. What, why was Jennifer Connelly there? What was she researching? How to cure cancer. Yeah. And she says it just like that. Like, she's really not that concerned. About <laughs> yeah. He says, like, what cancer. are you trying to find? And she says, I don't know how to cure cancer, I guess. She's really <laughs> bad in this movie. Um, and I just want to say, I think that she's a beautiful woman, but I've always thought she's a bad actress. I've never seen her be really good in anything. She won an Oscar for A Beautiful yeah, Mind. Yeah, I didn't think that performance was very good. Oh, yeah. I feel like every every guy, like your age or younger is mm-hmm. just like oh she was in um the rocketeer and labyrinth and that's just it's just it's just etched into men's minds career opportunities labyrinth, man labyrinth yeah i didn't like labyrinth and i've never seen um the rocketeer no, so career opportunities is where it's at what does that mean oh why she oh that's was, the one where she rides the horse oh, is that a right? movie it's called Career Opportunities? I think so. No. Oh, I'm thinking of Seven Minutes in Heaven no. is the one Remember when with, her um, and the dweeb get locked in like a, a mall for the night or something? I thought that was, yeah. Was uh, it Career Opportunities? It's not. Yeah, it is Career Opportunities. Yeah. It's the one with um, Frank Whaley. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's the one where she rides a little mechanical horse. That's right. Well, I have no idea what this is. And all I'm saying Saw it is. in the theater. I think she's beautiful. I'm pretty sure she was a model. But like. I just don't think she's that good of an actress. I'm sorry, Jennifer Connelly. I wouldn't judge it by this movie because everybody's pretty terrible. But every movie I've ever seen her in, she's been bad, I <laughs> um, think. I'd have you didn't to... love her in The Hulk, the Eric Bana one? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, I can't really she's remember much that. about With it. With another Thunderbolt Ross. Oh, I forgot she was in Alita Battle Angel as oh, well. Oh, yeah. Damn, she was not oh, good Jesus, in that either. Yeah. I completely <laughs> forgot about that. She's very mechanical. Um, I mean, perfect for Alita Battle Angel. <laughs> <laughs> Was she a robot in that film? She was in the, no, she wasn't. No, she was one of the few humans. Oh. She was in that remake of The Day the Earth Stood Still with Keanu Reeves. Oh, she played oh. Gort. Um, I, I, <laughs> she did not, did I she? I don't even know what that is. I never saw it's it. A big, no, he's uh, the big it, robot. You'd have to see the original one. Isn't Gort like just a big like <laughs> ball of you know yeah. uh, CGI? I think it's like in, a CGI uh, morphing thing yeah. or something. I don't know. Uh, Boring. All right. Um, anyway, so she's bad in this movie. Uh, so she invites Peter Lake over for dinner. No, wait, no, no. She she's on the microfiche, and then she finds a picture, oh, yeah. a picture of him, but it's from a hundred oh years God. ago. And she's like, "Hey, what's going on here?" Yeah. She says, "What's happening here?" Yeah. She, what's happening? Is that your <laughs> is that your father? And it just so and happens he just that he's crying. Well, it's, and he has the exact same haircut as he does uh, in the photo. That's why it would have made more sense if he still had long hair, because then it wouldn't be so obvious. Yeah. But anyway, it's Peter Lake, and she's just taking this very, uh, very normally, as everybody else in this movie does. Nobody, there's a flying horse. Nobody reacts to. And then is it the next scene? She takes him to her work to meet her boss. 
Yeah, I don't, yeah, I can't remember. Who is his girlfriend's daughter, but she's an old woman now. No, it's not yeah, the it daughter. Is. Yes, it is. His, oh, sorry. Yeah, it is. His girlfriend's sister. Sister, sister right, sister. The little sister. But you both were ready to shoot me down, and you're both wrong. A daughter, sis, sister. So, so I was uh, thinking that it was going to be like a reincarnation love story. Right. Like, I kept waiting for that to happen. And then when it didn't, I was like, huh, what? Yeah, exactly. Oh, you thought he was going to get together with Jennifer Connelly? No. Yeah. Or, or even like, well, he's definitely not going to get together with <laughs> the, the little girl. The little girl. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Okay, so we need to clarify, like, basically the film hinges on the fact that Colin Farrell, like, exists in this world to save Jennifer Connelly's daughter. He's got yes. to perform his miracle because every person has, has a, a miracle. miracle. So the woman who died of consumption, she was garbage and she did not matter. <laughs> well, see, the thing is, she was a, she was a red-haired Apparently, pairing. you can't, like, choose what your miracle is. It just happens. It's like destiny. Because he did know. try and revive her when she died. Yeah, it um, didn't work. It didn't work. Um, so... Uh, the the next great scene is when he meets um, his dead girlfriend's younger sister, who is now she would be over a hundred years old. Yeah, <laughs> or yeah. she would be like ninety seven or something. And she looks great. She's played by um, Eva Marie Saint. Eva Marie Saint from North by Northwest, who is a very very on the waterfront. Yeah, popular actress. Um, she would be because the last time we saw her as a little girl in nineteen sixteen. Yes, she was. She was under ten, but she was like eight or something. Yeah, so you, what, like a hundred and eight? Well, just like all the older people in today's society, they don't want to give up their job yeah. to a new person. Yeah. So she's holding on with her until you rip it from her cold dead and hands. And she's just totally fine with seeing Colin Farrell because she just believes in magic. You know, she would have a heart attack <laughs> yeah, in two seconds. Yeah. <laughs> that's how she's still alive. All the magical spells she's casting, yeah. probably drinking the blood of, like, virgins. <laughs> As we've seen in this movie, it's actually um, uh, very powerful. But speaking of people who are uh, immortal, Russell Crowe's still alive. Still alive. Now he's got a sweet pad, uh, a condo. Um, he wears modern suits, but he mm -hmm. still works out of that funny, like, long like hallway ha warehouse with the room at the end yeah it's like his old hideout or whatever and he's got he, a new henchman he is he's hulking in this movie yeah he is so big he's bulky yeah this is this is like kind of pre-fat russell crowe i don't think he was ever that fat was he have you seen him now now have you seen him now <laughs> he looks like that. like he could just play like the blob in okay. a new Wolverine yeah, movie. Speaking of, the mean, speaking of the blob, he's a very large man. Kevin, Kevin Durant walks in, <laughs> and he's like, yeah. "Uh, my grandfather was your henchman." Yeah, he's like, "Oh, uh, you're shooting in Canada, and you get tax credits if you are <laughs> exactly." Me. Okay, that's it. I'm out of this oh, scene, and, and you will never see me Canadian, in the movie yeah. again. And I don't think you see him in the movie again, or do you? No, you don't. I don't. <laughs> Think you do listen? Release the Goldman cut. <laughs> I want his true vision. Yeah, like what's with all these actors in this movie who are in like one or two scenes? Like, like it's is this supposed to be a franchise of some sort. Uh, like, I really I don't, don't think know. So, was the devil supposed to come back? Like, I don't know. I'm gonna have to read the book. Was it a series of books? I don't think so. I have no idea. I've, I I gotta look at it. It's up really hard to believe that this book was so popular. This fucking <laughs> nonsense story. Ugh. But maybe it reads better. Maybe it reads better. Maybe something was lost in translation. I should Akiva. really recommend this for um, the This Film Is Lit podcast because that would be a the really funny... The book is 672 pages. Oh, it's actually not that long. In its hardback edition. Okay. So in paperback, a thousand pages. Oh. Um, <laughs> Do you want to read it and find yeah, out if it's so better than the movie? The, con the epic conclusion is... Um, Russell Crowe has to have his final showdown with Colin Farrell. Don't you want to know what happens? So he meets up with Will Smith again. And uh, they have a little convo. And, and he, he says basically... And Will Smith does not go, oh! He doesn't this and time. doesn't grow a big He's mouth. wearing the same clothes, though. He's still got his Jimi Hendrix shirt and his like. It his clearly shot the same day. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, no it's question. like, you've got me on lunch hour. My kid is shooting after Earth across the lot. <laughs> well, he'd be shooting after Earth, too. Will Smith is in after Earth as well. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. He's got, like, what is he? He wasn't in that scene that day. He's not. He's on, like, a headset for most of the movie. <laughs> we should do that for this podcast. So Russell Crowe, 
basically asked the devil, okay, I'm going to fight Colin Farrell, but I want one, whoever loses is going to die for real. So remove my immortality. Which seems like a bad idea. Which, yeah. And even the devil says, like, that's a bad idea. I know. <laughs> She's like, you know, I don't want to lose a good henchman like you. And Russell Crowe, I saw it earlier in the movie. He's got these kind of four lines on the back of his head, on the back of his hairline. They're like shaved. Yeah, they kind of shaved lines into the back of his head. head, and then they disappear when the devil like kind of grants his wish here, and he kind of feels them a bit to see. And he's like, what "All right, but a detail." He's like, "All right, I'm gonna go and beat him up." And he's like, "Oh wait, no, I'm Irish." Uh-huh. I'm like, "Cut out, I'm gonna beat him up." Um, so this is when Jennifer Connelly is like, "I got a chicken." That's a line in this movie. Yeah, she says to Colin Farrell, "I got a chicken." <laughs> you want to come over for dinner? Yeah. So then, yeah, he comes over for dinner, and then kind of realizes, oh shit! Like uh, he looks over at the daughter, and she's lying, and her her hair, she's got a kind of hair covering because she's going through chemo, and he's like, oh my the god, scarf. It looks like it looks so. Wait, like painting. Do you think that like this has happened like on a weekly basis for Colin Farrell being like, yeah. you've got red hair, you're the woman I remember. <laughs> he could be going around. <laughs> Yeah, over like and over He spills like a ketchup packet from McDonald's on the sidewalk. <laughs> yeah. oh, I need to find this woman. This ketchup. <laughs> yeah, so he realizes that the Colin, that, that I can't get those two confused. Russell Crowe, um, what's his name in this movie, by the way? It's like Pearlman or something. Pearly. Pearly. Mr. Demon. Um, yeah, so he's after them. So he has to escape with Jennifer Connelly and daughter on flying, flying horse. horse. So shows a, up again. It's a flying horse chase. So they go to the roof, and then Jennifer <laughs> Connelly's like, there's a horse up on the roof. Better get on. They, they are flying in this horse. Jennifer Connelly again, no reaction to whatever. And the daughter's just asleep. Jennifer Connelly sitting at the premiere of the film going, oh, whoa, we were riding a horse? (laughs) (laughs) And the horse is like zooming down and weaving around traffic and stuff. It's like, can you be more, a little more conspicuous? Yeah, and somehow Russell Crowe and his cronies are in their cars like chasing this thing through New York and it's Mm -hmm. flying they're following they would, they would never catch up with this thing. I don't know. Maybe the idea is that they know where he's going. They're I going guess. back to that cottage. So they, they fly they fly on their flying horse, their magical <laughs> flying horse, back to uh, the lakefront mansion, yes. which still has a frozen lake, by the way. It's still winter. And I said, I turned, I turned to April and I'm like, so what is Russell Crowe just going to drive up on the lake? <laughs> yes, yep. he is. And he, he does. does. And it looks like a shot out of the Fast and the Furious films. <laughs> it does. Fast and the Furious 7, seven? Fate of the Furious. Yeah, it's got like his like V-shaped car, yeah, car <laughs> group. The and you're like, you're so excited because you're wondering, oh, wow, the big showdown we've been waiting for. First of for. all, I'm like, how Doesn't strong the horse is this lake? Like... Turns out not very strong. Um... <laughs> yeah, the horse like jumps up yeah. and like touches the lake and all the cars just crash into the water the horse does like a pokemon move he like stomps the ground <laughs> yeah. it's like an attack and then the ice breaks and he almost like winks too and like the horse <laughs> yeah i will i will just one note about the horse for pretty much every shot it's a real horse mm-hmm. um when they were on that bridge earlier they like throw a rope on it and it turns into like a cartoon it's like a net and it falls yeah, down that it, looks really bad yeah. but every other point they used a real horse and it did look good like i hope that that horse didn't get hurt or anything like that no just but, the animators who made it but they only had to do one shot that's all i'm saying except for the wings <laughs> they had to animate those um i think i read that the effects company folded during, oh god during this not movie. again yeah and then another like, company too good we've said everything we need to and then say. another company had to take over i'm not surprised i mean that happens all the time <laughs> yeah it is the world of vfx um yeah we treat treated like garbage yeah, yeah um, so russell crowe is like you're not saving that little girl so that was it kevin durant uh, was literally just in that one scene i had the wrong yeah. i had the wrong redhead but i got her eventually <laughs> <laughs> well, Russell Crowe's in the room. Oh my god! <laughs> and they have their big fight, and it's just like a punch out. Yeah, um, it's the lamest and punch out. Colin Farrell stabs him in the neck, and he like freezes. Yeah, <laughs> it's kind of cool. 
cool. Because <laughs> it's a winter's tale. You're like, ooh, Iceman from the yeah, X-Men yeah, that, that's what he looks like. Yeah, he stabs him in the neck and then he kind of like pulls it out and you realize it's the plaque from the miniature boat that he was... Ah, my yeah. only weakness, plaques yeah, from Which is not boats. even sharp. No, it's just like a blunt piece of metal. There was no sharp edge, but whatever. Um, it's not important. Um, then so he, he brings yeah, he brings the girl into the uh, the greenhouse. The greenhouse. This entire house has not changed in a hundred years. Nobody has bought this place. <laughs> wait, wait, wait! I have questions. Is Colin Farrell like this? Is the place I fucked my <laughs> soulmate to it's death? It's like explain that. The the younger sister said that that place is supposed to have magical powers. I tried or to something. revive her lifeless corpse on this bed in the greenhouse. And he's supposed to like kiss her. Does he kiss her? I think he gives her like a little peck on the cheek or okay, something. Okay, well that's good because this girl's like seven. Yeah. So yeah, she... I'm glad it didn't have like an it the novel ending. <laughs> um. So she comes back to life. Yay! And I don't know if it's said in narration or what, but it turns out that Colin Farrell's miracle was to save this little girl and his dead girlfriend. Her miracle was saving him. So that's why he lived. Um, that's why he became immortal oh. until he could fulfill his miracle. Oh, it all makes sense now. Yeah. It uh, all makes sense. <laughs> hey, yeah. God, how about you not give the little girl cancer? The <laughs> yeah, Thanks. you jerk. That was God's miracle to give this little girl cancer. <laughs> yeah. And at the end, Jennifer Connolly was saved by I don't know, Mo. Yeah, and then I think it just ends with him like staring at the sky. Yeah, he turns <laughs> and then like a nickelback song starts like, you can be my hero. I thought it was gonna be like Van Helsing where she was gonna appear in the sky. But, <laughs> oh yeah. you just reminded me. Guess who's picking the movie next week? Um but no, no, we see like a little star twinkle go. And yeah. then that's supposed to be her because she said she was going to turn into a star someday. Oh, I thought it was like the horse. So I was like, no, I think <laughs> we fly off on the horse and then he turns oh, into a star. Oh, what fuck. if we learned the horse was the puppet master behind all of this? <laughs> I have godly this powers. This character who doesn't talk, doesn't have a name. <laughs> Mr. Horse. So this is funny. So Colin Farrell turns into a star and then you see them kind of reunited and the credits roll like over this picture of Colin Farrell oh, yeah. and the girl. And it does not look like Colin Farrell at all. Yeah, Colin Farrell looks weirdly stretched. The camera keeps pulling away from it. And oh, like that does not look like Colin Farrell. The camera Farrell. can't look at it. It's like, I gotta look it's away. It's almost like it was a CG Colin Farrell and it had like an uncanny valley. But well, she looked normal. She looked normal, but... I don't know if they shot scenes with like another yeah. actor. And then the music starts and it's like, look at this photograph. And it was it was actually like Eric Stoltz because they sh- he was supposed to have the role. And then he got fired <laughs> yeah. mid-movie. They just used the photo of Eric Stoltz. <laughs> Can you imagine Eric Stoltz in like 2014 <laughs> being up for Yo. a role like Colin Farrell <laughs> He's like William Hurt's age now, I bet. I look, I look pretty good. It's me, Eric Stoltz. Um, but look yeah, at that. I got my haircut, like, just like the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. We should have took a picture of it and like posted it on our Twitter. I'm not renting it again. Well, uh, I know what... Oh, I'll take a picture for you because it needs to be, yeah, the image on the uh, SoundCloud page. Yeah, him looking weird. Oh, no. Uh, uh, sorry, we know what the image on the oh, SoundCloud yeah. page we needs to be. No, be. yeah, it, it's it's like <laughs> they, they mouth. It's, it's like they did it like an old timey Photoshop, where they actually cut his photograph out with scissors, but they trimmed a little bit too much off, like the mouth and the nose areas. Well, so it his, just doesn't look. <laughs> his mouth. He, he almost looked like uh, the Superman without the mustache in the Justice League. Like the mouth area looked weird. I don't know what was going on. With that. Yeah, Colin Farrell's like, I'll show up for the pictures, but I'm not shaving my mustache. <laughs> I'm working. Exactly. So I had to Photoshop on his mustache. That could have been it, you know? That could be why he looks so weird. And this is 2014. That was before the mustache removal oh, technology was even so where it is now. They were only able to do it on a still. They couldn't do it on footage back then. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Does that... Oh, no, there won't be any mustache Superman in the new Justice League, the four-hour Justice League no, movie. That was, because Joss Whedon shoot shot right, all that yeah. footage. Four hours. Zack Snyder said he will not use a frame of Joss, Joss Whedon's footage. Yeah. He yeah. said he would rather burn the film than use a foot Did he frame. say burn the film? He said he would rather he did burn, say burn the, the film, film rather yeah. than use a frame of footage that he didn't shoot. But Mr. Snyder, we shot digitally. You can't burn Shut it. Shut up. <laughs> I, would, uh, I think that 
did he shoot digitally? Because isn't Zack Snyder like, I love film, man. He doesn't strike me as a film guy, but I, I mean, know. I'm not a... He is, he is. Because I saw Batman versus Superman on 70 millimeter no. oh, at the varsity. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> Um, anyway, Winter's Tale is over. Thank you for <laughs> thank it, you for indulging. It feels me. like we've lived through ten seasons. No, and then at the end of the credits, it says Peter Lake will be back. Yeah, he will return. <laughs> so when we were out the other night, um, Colin said he liked this movie. I did not. I he said, said I kind of liked it. No, I said I didn't hate it. <laughs> you said it wasn't that bad. <laughs> you were you were shocked when I said that. Yes, I was. But I wasn't like, I wasn't, wa- what I meant was, I wasn't watching it and thinking. Wait, were you shocked, April? Or were you like, oh man, that's crazy. <laughs> like, it was just I such, was shocked. It's just so boring and lame and, and it's kind of nothing. I was expecting to boring. really, I was really expecting to, to hate it. And so I was like, eh. Oh, I hated it watching it by myself. I'm like, well, mm. like, yeah, because you're thinking, oh man, like, I oh, forgot man. what this podcast is. We all have to pick something we liked about the movie. <laughs> oh no. How did we get uh, through Smith, the whole Smith. podcast and Will not? <laughs> okay, calling it Will Smith. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's lots of things. Hmm. The, what I was going to say is there's so many really, really funny scenes in this movie, but the space in between them is boring <laughs> and sappy and sentimental and yeah, stupid. It's very dreary and like, the. Um, I like the horsey. Aww. No, no, you stole my hey, horse. I, can, I, got, I, right. got, I like the oyster scene. The oyster scene was like the funniest That's thing in the movie. Scene. I'm going to have to say that Russell Crowe's accent is my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Russell his Crow, own character. It's he, like, what are you doing? I almost wish that he'd played it exactly how he had in that restaurant scene the entire movie. But he was supposed to be drunk. Drunk in that scene, so maybe the idea was is, he? <laughs> yeah, they were having beers, and and he was drunk on oysters. He's a demon. He well, maybe get drunk. that you know how like when certain people drink, their their accents become more pronounced. Mm. So you could say uh, maybe he was doing that. That was not a. Pr- Have you guys ever seen the man with the uh, man with the iron fist? No, no. I've seen the Russell Crowe is in that, and he's at his fattest. <laughs> And he's also doing an Oliver Reed impersonation. Oh, no. Like oh, that's the it's very that funny. Was the, didn't like the uh, so yeah, If you want that? funny accent, uh, Russell Crowe, check okay. that one out. Now he's at his fattest, I think, in the Roger Ailes movie that he's. Well, he's playing a fat yeah. person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, uh, we don't want to fat shame yeah. Russell Crowe. Um, anyway, this movie is available on iTunes. You can rent it in a myriad <laughs> of places. <laughs> I would absolutely recommend it, um, but uh, well, the thing is, it's like you know what, Colin, you probably don't watch um, love movies. <laughs> love movies. Love you mean romance. Dra- romance movies. You mean romance. So <laughs> maybe people who think they wouldn't like a movie like this, open up your mind. It has a hilarious Russell Crowe performance and also, some crazy CG and also, some really bad dialogue. Open up your hearts. Yes, open up your hearts to a winter's you can tale. Be my hero. I mean, winter's tale, not a winter's tale. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So. Um, so that's it. That's it. <laughs> that's it for. Yeah. I love, I love how we were all like no. rushing to pick something. Our I can't favorite believe thing. we forgot the concept of our own <laughs> podcast. Um, this movie. Because that the plot was so involved this episode. It's true, but um, again, this is the third time I've seen this movie. Oh I think my it's god! Enjoy- I think it's enjoyable. Well, one time I had it on in the background when a friend was over and we were drinking wine. Right. Um, anyway. If you want to email the podcast, you can email us at no such thing as a bad movie at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at no such thing pod. If you want to support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash no such thing as a bad movie. Every two weeks, you'll get a little bonus episode. We also have a full length episode on Spawn released a few weeks ago. Um, so check that out. And uh, if you're at the $5 level, you get the bonus episodes. Next one is going to be about um, a little blue guy who likes to go fast. Who could it be? Tune in to find out. <laughs> and he may be pregnant as well. <laughs> I don't understand that. <laughs> <laughs> it's an internet oh. meme. Don't search pregnant oh, Sonic. No. Please <laughs> okay. don't do it. Um, and if you want to tweet at me, I'm at April Atmansky. I'm also on Instagram and Letterboxd. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Declue, J-D-E-C-L-O-U-X, letter J. I'm on Letterboxd, Justin Declue. It's the spooky season, so I'm watching a lot of... <laughs> Horror films, if you want some recommendations. Really started on, like, you can September also spooky season already. Is <laughs> Come on. Yep, it is. September 1st, man. Fall starts. It, what what else yeah. is there? Going back to school? Yeah, that's, that's true. Well, that's kind of spooky uh, for kids, right? Yeah, well, yeah, 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 it is this year. Yeah, they may face death. Oh, um, September. Terrible. 
And Import Cinema Club every week. It's a podcast. You can listen to that. <laughs> listen to it. Thank you. Um, you can follow me on Twitter, Sergeant Zima, S-G-T-Z-I-M-A. Uh, I'm on Letterboxd too, but I've, I've been lax in my reviews. Well, that's okay. Uh, everybody needs a little... Uh, Time to get started on Letterboxd. Right. <laughs> April, the Letterboxd queen. I keep queen. forgetting that I'm on it. And that, you know? Well, uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. And um, remember, love lasts forever. And um, don't dance if you have um, scarlet fever. <laughs> Certainly. Especially don't sleep with Colin yeah, Farrell. No, because you will because die. it could kill you. You will die. Uh, thanks for listening. I'm April Atmansky. I'm Justin the Clue. I'm Colin Cunningham. And remember, there's no such thing as a bad movie. I was almost going to do a werewolf. Oh. <laughs> Save it for October. I feel like we do it every other like episode. <laughs> we've run out. <laughs> we've, we've run out. <laughs> yeah, that's right.